This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Monday the 24th of January. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Sophia Franklin. Relatives of US Embassy staff told to leave Ukraine as Russian invasion fears increase. I think it's not a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when. And Taliban talks continue as Afghanistan faces a huge humanitarian crisis. There's 97% or 98% of the people in Afghanistan don't have enough to eat. There's 5 million kids facing starvation. Times of London Daily World Briefing. In Ukraine, relatives of staff at the United States Embassy in Kiev have been told to leave amid rising fears of a Russian invasion of the country. Non-essential employees have also been told that they may leave at government expense, but US officials say the move does not constitute as an evacuation and that the embassy will remain open. The UK has also today pulled some embassy staff out of the country due to what it's calling a growing threat from Russia. Russia has denied claims of a planned invasion, although some 100,000 Russian troops have amassed on the Ukrainian border in the last couple of weeks to carry out military drills. Olga Lautman is a senior fellow at the Centre for European Policy Analysis. Her research focuses on security and the Kremlin. She's told Times Radio that propaganda being spread is the worst it's been since the Soviet days. They are lashing out at Estonia, at Latvia, Lithuania, Norway, Finland, Sweden. So this war, if it's a large-scale invasion, I mean, Russia already invaded Ukraine in 2014. Here, if they choose to, their goal is to take the country, then it can easily spill over into a NATO country. A senior defence source has told the Times of London that British forces are preparing for a surge in cyber attacks from Russia in the days leading up to an invasion of Ukraine. Larissa Brown, defence editor for the Times of London, has told Times Radio cyber warfare may be a way to avoid NATO intervention. Ukraine have obviously had this uh, major cyber attack in the last couple of weeks and the Ukrainian military sources have said to me that they think that that's a rehearsal for something much bigger of course, from, from the Russian side of things, they could actually have a major impact in Ukraine without then that threat of uh, potentially NATO responding. Russian tanks and artillery, military vehicles and fighter aircraft continued to arrive within striking distance of Ukraine's borders this weekend, and Russian troops have been sighted less than 20 miles from the border. Moscow has announced sweeping naval exercises that will put its ships in close proximity to NATO forces, while potentially positioning landing craft for an amphibious assault on Ukraine's southern coast. EU officials say Russia will be sanctioned within days if an invasion is launched, while Russia has threatened to restrict its gas supply to Europe if the sanctions are imposed. The people of Afghanistan are facing a huge humanitarian crisis, as the country has taken a steep downward trend since the Taliban regained control. Now, talks between the Taliban and Western officials are being held in Norway, with a focus on how to alleviate the threat of hunger amongst the Afghan people. The United Nations says that 95% of the Afghan population do not have enough to eat. A number of protests have taken place in Europe, with critics claiming the Taliban should not be rewarded with the meetings. On Sunday, members of the Taliban met with human rights activists, but the details of those discussions have not been revealed. Former UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown said that if we are not careful, we will see thousands of Afghans die in front of our eyes. 
He's now working with the UN in order to raise $4.5 billion to help Afghans. British actor and writer David Schneider is also helping the campaign. He told Times Radio what the former leader wants. Um, what uh, Gordon Brown wants and the others involved from the UN is to try and get the government to pledge to um, organise an international conference, which will then, amongst other governments as well, provide that money. So that's what we're trying to do um, that, with a petition uh, with Save the Children, um, uh, just to put pressure on the government to make them uh, put pressures on other governments through this through this conference. Since the Taliban took over in September, Afghanistan has seen unemployment and food prices soar, while the value of its currency is plummeting and banks have set limits on cash withdrawals. On the way, wildfires threaten a Californian beauty spot and a protest leads to Madrid streets being flooded with tractors and cattle. Times of London Daily World Briefing Intense fighting in northeast Syria has continued into a fourth day after Islamic State troops tried to break inmates out of a Kurdish-run prison. Guiran Prison in the city of Hasakeh is believed to house more than 3,000 suspected Islamic State militants, including hundreds of children. Richard Spencer, Middle East correspondent for The Times of London, has told Times Radio that this activity may mean that ISIS is back. The level of activity with ISIS, both in Iraq and Syria, I mean, there have been sort of sporadic, small attacks, but nothing on this scale. So this, this really is a warning. Jihadists are holding out against Western-backed forces and fighter jets in the biggest battle since the caliphate was destroyed three years ago. Scores of troops from the Syrian Democratic Forces, the Kurdish-led militia supported by Britain, the United States and other allies in the long war against ISIS, have been killed in battle, along with even more jihadists. It's unclear how many prisoners have managed to escape, though the SDF have said that more than 100 have been recaptured. In California, surreal January wildfires are threatening an area of natural beauty and a landmark along the Pacific coast. The so-called Colorado fire broke out on Friday, closing in on California's famous Bixby Creek Bridge in the Big Sur area. More than 5,000 people have been fighting the fire in the states of Colorado, Oregon, Arizona and California over the past three days. As of Sunday, 35% of the blaze had been contained, according to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. The area has not seen a fire like this in January in over a decade, though California's wildfire season seems to be extended, partly due to climate change and a two-decade-long drought. To Spain now, where the streets of Madrid were awash with tractors, cattle and other farmyard animals as farmers protested against new legislation. The campaign is calling for better promotion of goods produced in Spain and a ban on food imports from countries where the rules are less strict. Antonio Donso is a farmer from Morales-Oral and says villages are dying without government support. Our villages are dying without any organisation lending us a hand, fighting day by day, getting up very early in the morning to maintain this empty Spain that we do not want to be empty, but we want it to be filled with tourism and ways of life. 
Farmers are complaining that cheap imports of farming products from countries like South Africa, Egypt or Morocco mean more homegrown crops can't keep up. Some farmers have been forced to leave their harvest to rot in the fields. Another issue many farmers are facing involves the Iberian wolf, which has been protected by the Spanish government since last year. With a hunting ban and a potential increase in population of the wolf, farmers are worried this would lead to more attacks on livestock. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest from soccer's African Cup of Nations, here's Kane Reeves. Comoros play their first ever game in the knockout stages of the Africa Cup of Nations today. They play host Cameroon in the last 16, although they'll have to play the game without a recognised goalkeeper. First choice keeper Salim Benboigna was injured in their win over Ghana, while both backup keepers have tested positive for Covid. Competition rules state that countries must play matches if 11 fit players are available. Comoros have a number of injuries and Covid cases. Comoros are ranked 132nd in the world and they're playing in their first ever AFCON tournament. The country's goalkeeping coach said an unnamed outfield player will start in goal, having impressed in training. Guinea play Gambia in Monday's other last 16 tie. On Sunday, Nigeria were knocked out of the tournament. They lost to 2004 champions Tunisia 1-0. Everton's Alex Awobi was sent off in the defeat. Tunisia will now play Burkina Faso in the quarterfinals on Saturday. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. The French fashion designer Thierry Mugler, famed for his fantastical couture and 80s-defining bold collections, died on Sunday. His agent Jean-Baptiste Rougeau said the 73-year-old had died of natural causes, adding that he had been due to announce new collaborations early this week. Mugler's designs were worn by artists such as David Bowie, Lady Gaga and Beyoncé, one of his most notable pieces being the wet dress made for Kim Kardashian to wear to the 2019 Met Gala. He was also a pioneer and advocate for trans rights and modelling. The two of the first trans models, Connie Fleming and Terry Toy, walking his shows back in the 90s. And finally, something very unexpected was found after a Cargo Lux Italia flight from South Africa landed in Amsterdam. A stowaway was found alive in the wheel section of the aircraft, having spent about 11 hours at high altitude with very little oxygen. Surviving a flight like this is very unlikely, but the man was taken to hospital in a stable condition and able to answer basic questions. Royal Dutch Military Police spokeswoman Johanna Helmans said it was remarkable that the man lived through the ordeal. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday the 24th of January. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.